If you're a solo business owner, you know there can be days when you want to give up and choose an easier path than the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. It's moments like these that I call my biz bestie and we ride the roller coaster together. I'm Shelly, a copywriter and homeschooling mom in Johannesburg, South Africa. And I'm Francesca, a life coach and community manager in Grand Rapids, Michigan in the US. We're two biz besties on opposite sides of the world, running our own independent businesses together. And we'd love to invite you into our biz bestie conversations as we share everything we're learning about running an independent business online. Carry on the conversation we start today in our online community at community.simplybizbesties.com. And for show notes, you can go to simplybizbesties.com. We can't wait to see you in the community. And now let's dive into today's topic. Well, hey, Francesca. It's so great to be chatting to you for another episode of Simply Biz Besties. How are you doing over there in Michigan? I am doing well. I'm so excited to go to the beach this weekend. How, how are you doing in South Africa? Oh, uh, we're doing well. We are enjoying quite a chilly winter, but over here we've just redone our patio. So we're going to be sitting out in our nice in the nice sun. There's always sun in South Africa. It doesn't matter if it's winter, summer, whatever. There's always sun in beautiful sunny South Africa. So we will be enjoying some of that sun on our new patio this weekend. So I also can't wait for that. But really great to be here and chatting about all the things that you don't need to do when you're starting a business or launching a new offer. And I'm sure you're very excited to chat about this because this is a journey we've gone on together and we've made quite a lot of these mistakes that we're going to be talking about, haven't we? (laughs) So many mistakes and we want you to be able to do this faster than we have. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is like the cheat sheet, guys. This is this is the fast forward way to avoid some of the things that all the things, you know, the hashtag all the things that you think you should be doing in your business when you start in your business or when you're launching a new offer. Because this episode's got something in it for everyone. It's it's primarily targeted at those of us who are, are starting new businesses from the ground up. So you're you're brand new in business. We're gonna share some of the secrets that we've learned over, in my case, 10 years of being in my own business. I've had to think back, but I've in those 10 years, I've started all sorts of new little ventures. So this is also for those of you who are maybe pivoting a little bit in your business, Uh, launching a new offer or if you're just feeling a little bit like you've hit a plateau in growth in your business and you just want to get out of that funk so this is for the whole gambit of business owners and really the lessons can be applied across the board and we hope that you get some good nuggets I think the listeners are going to be really surprised at some of the things that we don't think you need in your business don't you agree (laughs) Oh, definitely. And I really hope for our listeners that it relieves some of the pressure that they're feeling, maybe even guilt or shame or comparisonitis that so many of us feel, right? Imposter syndrome, all of those things. When you, you get in stuck and thinking like, I can't move until I've done this. And oh, so-and-so has got this professional photo shoot like like I have to do that before I can possibly launch before I can start my business and it's not true 
<laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's dive in then to all these things that we believe you do not need when you are starting a new business. They're just not necessary. And some of them are nice to have, but they are certainly not prerequisites for you either launching your business or launching a new offer. So drum roll, please. (laughs) These are the things that we believe you do not need when you're starting a business. Number one, you might be surprised to hear this from a website designer and copywriter. You don't need a website. You don't need a logo. You don't need a business card. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing you don't need is a blog or a content creation calendar or a social media posting calendar. Sorry, guys. Or maybe you might be happy to know you don't need those when you're starting your business. What about social media, Francesca? How about social yeah, media? Yeah, so here's the thing. You don't even need to be on social media. You like, don't even have to have a Facebook group. It's not necessary. Not necessary when you're first starting out. You can be on zero social media channels when you're first starting out in business. I know that sounds kind of weird, but we'll explain these all in a minute. Another one from the copywriter that might be surprising is you don't need perfect refined copy when you're just starting out. Your copywriting and your messaging doesn't have to be perfectly refined, totally talking to your target audience. It doesn't have to be perfect yet. And you know what? It's impossible for it to be perfect in the beginning. I'm going to tell you a bit more about that in a minute. So perfect refined copy, toss it out. You don't need it yet. The next thing that you don't need is you don't need to be hundred percent clear on your niche, nor your ideal client avatar. Well, you don't need to be hundred percent clear on that just yet. You also don't need a whole lot of differentiated offers. I also term this as can also be known as a work with me page that'll stay the same for the next two years. So your offers can change. So be okay with that. What about a professional photo shoot, Francesca? Nope. You do not need a professional photo shoot. You don't need Facebook ads. You don't even need an opt-in freebie, which I know another one, another shocker, because you hear all the time from online gurus to have a freebie. Yep. And the last one is you don't need to have a CEO mindset. Ooh, that's an interesting one coming from a life coach. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I think we could just pause for a little moment here to just let that sink in. There is a lot of things that I'm sure you've had on your to-do lists as you start in your business or as you launch your new offer that we just said right now. So I'm sure a lot of the things that we've just said, you're like, oh, I have to do that. I can't start before I have a website. I can't start before I've got business cards. I need a professional photo shoot. None of that is needed. So after those few bombshells, let's just do a little bit of explanation on each of those and just tell you about why you don't need those things and what you should be focusing in on instead. Because the reality is that when we do focus in on all these things that we don't need, is that we lose sight of the actual important things that we need to be doing in our business. And they're often much simpler than what we've just gone through now. 
So in the name of being simply biz besties and simplifying things for ourselves and for you, this is why you don't need some of these things. So I'm going to start off with the websites of why you don't need a website because as I say, this is a surprising one. I design websites for a living. I help people with their launch tech, with setting up their sales pages. I design Squarespace websites, but you don't need a full website to launch. The reason I say that is also is that a website can become a rabbit hole of figuring out the tech, figuring out the design, figuring out your copywriting and messaging, and then putting that onto, you know, all the pages that you sort of have to have on your website. So, you know, thinking that you have to have the about page, the contact page, the work with me page, the homepage, all of those can come. They can come later. You don't need that full suite website just yet. So what do you need instead? Well, my solution here would be that you need just a single web page. So it's not a website. It's just a web page, just one single web page. And I would highly recommend a web builder like card. What that does for you is it just basically puts a business card on the internet for you. And it can be as simple as that. So it's just saying, I'm Shelly, I do copywriting for creative businesses. Boom. From there, I can actually start getting the message out. And I've got this professional looking home on the internet. And really all you need now is a domain name, which you can get $20 a year. That's all you need. So it can be very simple. And Francesca, I know because I've traveled with you that your website was a bit of a a stumbling block for you in the beginning. Is that right? Oh my word. Yes. (laughs) So I had my original business idea in 2016 and I remember that's exactly where I started. I started talking to friends like who were in marketing and (laughs) trying to research like, should I use Squarespace or or Wix or, you know, and then I had to go in WordPress, look at how it actually worked out. I remember spending so many hours just trying to figure out what Squarespace template I was going to use. I mean, (laughs) it's crazy. And... I, I, I have a little chuckle, but I can I can totally relate to that. <laughs> it's a honestly, because I believed that I needed a website before I got started, it really took me years. I mean, oh. we ended up meeting, was it last year, 2019? Oh, it was before this, I think, 2018. Okay. I think maybe it was 2018. Yeah. I I thought I had to do it all myself. Um, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this next week. But yeah, I mean, I really got stuck on website. And then after I figured out like my template and that I was going to use Squarespace, then trying to figure out what pictures to put on there and, and how to mm-hmm. use the template itself. And then what copy I'm going to be using on my about page and um, my sales page and all of that, even if I had a sales page in the beginning, because you know, it's kind of intimidating to have a sales page in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I think all that time you spend in behind your computer, digging into Squarespace, digging into like, you know, like choosing photos. Oh my goodness. That's the biggest rabbit hole for me is, is photo <laughs> research. I can spend days on Unsplash. <laughs> and so like, 
that's why I say is you don't need a website to get going is because it's going to distract you from your more important work. So we're going to get into what that more important work is. But I think what I want to just make really clear here is that if you can put together this really simple sales page and it can just have your one liner on it, really like what problem you solve, what solution you offer and what results you get. And I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. Just related to the website stuff is the logo. Oh my goodness. I have spent also, I shudder to think how much time I've spent on my own logos and on client logos. Cause I often would say, Oh, I'll just do a logo for you. It's really, I, I don't do that anymore because spending time on a logo, you can spend hours and hours and hours and it's really not that important. So what I'd suggest instead is go and choose a nice font that's accessible on the web, preferably a Google font. Choose a font that you just like, that speaks to you, that your name looks nice in and type the name of your business in that font. And, or, or your, if that's your, maybe that's your own name and boom, that's your logo until such time as you can hire a designer, which I did eventually I stopped messing around with my own logo and I hired a designer to design my logo. You can just use that beautiful font that you love and that's your logo run with that. And then the business cards as well. Let me just tell you that business cards are very useful flashcards when I'm homeschooling my kids. That is as useful as they are. And I'm so glad I didn't put them back to back. <laughs> Because they're, they're, they're white on the one side. So they're really brilliant flashcards. And I have so many business cards that I had printed for me and for my husband in our various business ventures. And, you, you know, you have to print them in bulk. So, so we've got so many left over. They're just a waste. So don't bother about business cards. I would, unless it's a, you know, a really major part of your marketing strategy. I really wouldn't worried about, worry about it. And instead use this one page website of yours that you've got. I'm going to call it a one page website, but it's just a web page and send people there. So if you meet people in Facebook groups or whatever, wherever you are going to come across people when you're dropping your kids off at school, like that's the website you send them to, the address you send them to, and that's your business card. You don't need a business card. All right. Now, the next one feels a little bit like sacrilege because it's like all the business gurus tell you, you need to be super clear on your niche and your ideal client avatar, which is like your, you know, your picture of your ideal client. I just feel like it's a controversial one because it is important to be clear on a niche that you serve in. You don't want to just be like, Oh, I help anyone and I do anything. But what we found is that we ourselves and our clients have gotten a little stuck in getting super clear on our niches. And I think there's almost a sense of like, if things are not moving for you or you like, uh, got a bit of writer's block, it's like, oh, it's because I'm not clear on my niche. And this is why I need to get clearer on my niche. But sitting behind your computer or in isolation is not going to help you get clearer on your niche. The only way that you get clearer on your niche and your ideal client's avatar is by going out there and talking to people, talking to ideal customers. I mean, there's all these exercises. Have you done them, Francesca, where you like have to go, how does your ideal customer take a coffee? Uh, does she like the Foo Fighters? What brand of makeup does she use? And like get really in depth into your ideal, ideal customer. Have you done things like that? 
Oh my gosh, yes. And I am so for using your imagination and visualizing. Like, I think it is amazing. However, when you feel like you don't know who she is or who he is, these exercises can just feel so frustrating because you're like in this place of, then you just start thinking all the time, like, I don't know who they are. Instead of just getting to know people, for me, it was really like, just going out and asking who can I serve and just asking people questions and getting to know them that that's when I started like understanding, Oh, this is my ideal client because I started to see patterns and I started to see like where I can help them. And Mm -hmm. that felt really good. But yeah, I, I would, I would even argue that you don't even need a niche. I would say, okay, so let's think of a niche just as what you do. Yes. So for me, it's a life coach. For Shelly, it's a copywriter. We might have some VAs out there, you know, for, yeah, yeah, there could so many different things like craniosacral therapist, acupuncturist, whatever you do, just like, keep it really simple. (laughs) All you need. Uh Uh I can be a general life coach for a while until I figure out Well, now I, you know, self-care is my thing, but in the beginning, you know, it's just like, choose what you do and you can choose one topic and just go try it out. It's just an experiment Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you'll get clear along the way, right? Totally. And, and I think I love what you're saying there because you're focusing on the problem that people have. That's what unites them. Not like whether they're all a bunch of Foo Fighters fans, unless you start in a Foo Fighters fan club, but like the the problem that they have, so say self-care, you know, that they can't make time for self-care. You'll start picking that up once you speak to people, real people, you know, and as you say, like imagination is great. It's there's, there's a, there's a place for it. But you're not going to get definitive answers there. Um, you'll only get definitive answers once you start talking to real people. And you also, you're going to have to use your imagination at that point also and dig deeper and go, okay, what's behind this problem? This is what they say in the problem is, but what's underneath that problem? So you're going to need to do some digging, some journaling, some, you know, thinking about it. But these things evolve and you don't need to have all the answers right up front. You're never going to, just like nobody's going to. What we'd recommend is to start talking to people, getting really clear on the key problems that they're having, and then experimenting with those, talking about those, addressing those, and, you know, with particular people and particular clients, and start seeing what kind of patterns come up. That's when you start to get towards that 100% clarity on your niche and your ideal clients. You'll, you'll get there, like, at some points. I don't know if I'm there yet. So <laughs> I think the thing is, it's like, it's a total journey. So look towards that 100%, but know that you can start if you've just got a bit of a, I don't know if, you know, if we're talking percentages, you probably just need about 20% of an idea of your niche and who you serve in. And as it's Francesca, you say, like, keep it simple because people might not know what, you know, some fancy title is, but then, but they do know that they need a life coach or they do know that they need copywriting. <laughs> so you can also keep it really simple and you don't have to get fancy. Yeah. I started a pet setting business when I was 11 And I like to think back to that because when I was 11, I said, okay, I'm going to start taking care of other people's pets, their cats, their dogs, their fish, whatever. (laughs) Cool. 
I created a very simple flyer on my computer. You know, tech was not <laughs> really that advanced at the time. Printed it out. And I went to people's doors. And I knocked on them. And I told them what I was doing. And I made them an offer. And I got business. And I, I still do pet sitting every once in a while. If you are making it more complicated than your children creating a lemonade stand <laughs> just going out there and selling and making money that day then yeah take a step back and just remember that it really can be as simple as your child creating a lemonade stand and making money that is so funny because just this morning my son was saying he wants to do he was, he's like mom I've got a good idea uh, that we need to do at at grands and so I said, because I always bake at grand. So I said, oh, you're going to bake biscuits. So he goes, yes, that actually gave me a good idea. I was thinking of doing a lemonade stand. Um, and then, but now you've given me a good idea, we're going to do biscuits. So then I said, oh, I'm always like looking for an opportunity to teach my children about what I do. And, um, you know, just broaden the education and lead down curiosity path. So I said, why don't we do like a, a website, you know? And he was like, mom he's like no like we're just gonna put a table outside on the pavement and and we're just gonna sell the biscuits like so i was like okay you know what he's probably right like we can that's probably awesome like people are, are busy exercising they could come past we'd have to be wearing masks of course in times of covid but we could we could probably make that work and it's so funny because you know, I think there's just this tendency in these technologically savvy days to make things more complicated than they actually need to be. And like, yeah, we probably are not going to get like masses of people past our house to buy biscuits or cookies. But from that, we can go, okay, so how many people did we get? How many biscuits did we sell? We can get that information that then we can use to, you know, go, oh, maybe we must go and stand on the main road or whatever the case may be. You can see there's lots of adventures in my future. <laughs> Entrepreneurial education. But yeah, I think before you start making it complicated, just like dial it, you know, dial it back in and go, what's the simplest way that we can do that? I love your pet sitting and lemonade stand example. <laughs> and I might be practicing that literally pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> then Moving on to the next thing that you don't need when you're just starting out is just the suite of differentiated offers for different types of people. I like to also say that this is like a work with me page that'll stay the same for the next like two years or maybe even like you have in your mind forever. Like this is the only ways that people can work with me and, you know, and I'm going to differentiate these offers for the different types of people in my niche. So can you see that all of this requires a lot of forward thinking and seeing the future? <laughs> and this is where the problem with this comes in. You're going to have to now not just know one ideal client, you're now going to have to know sort of three different versions of that ideal client and their needs. While this is definitely a place you want to be getting to later on in your business, when you're first launching that offer, what we recommend is just come up with one clear offer, one way that people can work with you. And from there, then be prepared to customize that offer for the particular people that come your way. I just want to make a very clear note here that this doesn't mean dropping your prices. It's not like, oh, now you're up to negotiation. That's not what this is about. 
it's about somebody coming to you. I know you've had this, Francesca, where somebody comes to you and says they're not ready to invest for four months or commit for four months. And so you've put together a package for them that runs over two months. Obviously, you can't promise the same transformation or the same level of support and the same number of sessions and that sort of thing. But you customize a package that's going to suit that person's requirements. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, of doing some customization with the one person that's sitting there in front of you. Yeah, I totally agree because... I mean, what we really want from this episode for you who are listening is to get money in the door so you can actually have a business and not just a hobby or be wishing that it's further along than it actually is. We want you to be making money so that it's a business and it feels good, right? You have that success yeah. and, and you're building belief as the money comes in, you're building your belief and you're seeing what's possible for you. So when you have someone in front of you, you know, some people say only have that one offer, that signature offer. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, no, like if someone's in front of you and they're like, I'm a yes, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent ready for the full thing. You can choose. And I say choose because there may be some times when someone comes to you and they want you to change things and you're not comfortable with it. Yes. That's the only time I'd say, do not do that. If you're not comfortable, if you're feeling the, you know, feelings in your body of like, oh, this just doesn't feel good. That's probably an indicator that maybe some of your boundaries are being crossed. So stop there. But if it feels good and you're like, I'd really love to work with this person and I want to kind of meet them halfway, this feels good to both of us, then do it. Like get that money in the door, keep building your belief because then you'll get to that point where you will be in high demand and you'll be able to set all of the parameters or you can choose. I know I have some coach friends who they always have the option of customization because they just enjoy doing that. So, I mean, it's your business, but allow the money to flow in. And with that, you're going to accept that money and you're going to change. Maybe it's your level of support. So maybe you were offering like Voxer support all the way through the program. Like maybe you take that away and you just have the single sessions with like homework. So you can customize your package for that person so that the value exchange is feels good, you know, that it feels right. And that's that you both get in a really good deal out of the whole thing. So there we go in terms of, of your offer. You don't have to have this whole suite of offers to start with. You do need to be clear about how you're delivering your offer. So, you know, is it a coaching package or is it like done for you work like I do? I would do um, bespoke copywriting work. And then I've also got sales page sprints, my um, digital product, which is a self-study um, offer. Those different offers, the way that they're delivered needs to be really clear. But once a person, especially for the higher ticket offers, comes to you, like there's room there to customize that offer for them. And then once you get a few of those clients, you'll start to see, well, most people want this kind of an offer. And then, then you can run with that to say, you know, your middle tier offer and then have a premium offer and then have a, an entry level offer, for example. But get, yeah, as you say, build that belief, get the people through the door, get the money in the door and start getting results for people in their lives and start getting those, those testimonials in, which is really important. So talking of testimonials, 
let's move on to this perfect refined copy. So I think some people like look at other people's websites and go, oh my goodness, they've nailed the copy here. This just like talking to me, like this is what I need to do. And there's this comparisonitis that my copy is not refined enough, that it's not talking to my ideal audience enough, all this kind of stuff. So instead of worrying about getting your copy perfect, what I'd like to suggest is that you settle on one super simple one-liner. And this is something I have got from Donald Miller at StoryBrand. He talks about having a one-liner in which you say, what is the problem you're solving? What solution do you offer? And then what results will that person get after they've gone through the solution? So problem, solution, and results. It's as simple as that. And if you can come up with a statement, if we say one liner, but it could be a nice paragraph, of course, for me, it's going to be a bit of a paragraph. Uh, You still want to keep it really simple, but you want to explain what is this problem that people are facing? What is the solution that you offer? And then what results can they get? So if you've got that, that can really be what you put on your single page web site, home on the internet. Okay. With that, you want a really clear call to action. Because I think also sometimes we worry so much about our copy and talking about our solution. And it's just like this awkward silence after that. It's like, okay, so what do you want me to do? Like, how do I actually work with you? And you need to be very strong in that call to action. It's not just like, oh, contact me or learn more. What you want to do is really say to work with me in this coaching offer, book a call. Like it all starts with a discovery call or with this application form, fill in the application form or simply buy now. Like that can be the simple instruction that you're aiming for. So Shelly, you have been saying clear a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, this has been kind of a trigger word for me. And I think it may be for our listeners too. So I'd really love to just talk about that for a moment because I think that many of our listeners may already have a clear one-liner and a clear call to action already, but they feel like they don't have one. Uh Could you just give like maybe an example or two? And I personally would recommend if you are creating a one-liner, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Shelly, of doing like an hour of journaling max. You could probably even do it in half an hour and then just commit to it and go for it. If you're spending more time than that, then you're probably getting stuck in things like perfectionism and it's going to hold you back. So what are your thoughts on that, Shelly? Yeah, that's so true. Like a bit of and handwritten journaling, I think is sometimes really, really helpful. Uh, but in terms of the, the one-liner, I'm going to just give you an example of my own business, of how the one-liner could sound. And then what we can do is I can link to a little resource in the show notes with some examples of one-liners for different types of, of businesses. So I'll give you some examples and then hopefully that inspires the listeners. But for my business, I can say creative entrepreneurs are brilliant at what they do, but sometimes it can be difficult to explain that to your ideal customers. So that's why I do bespoke copywriting for creative entrepreneurs so that they can call in their ideal clients and the ideal clients really feel like they are speaking or being spoken to something like that. I love this, Shelly. I don't think we should edit this out because this is like real time. You're seeing 
the copywriter, you know, have these moments of, um, I'm not sure if this is what I want to be saying. And, you know, we're doing this a little bit on the fly, you guys, but, um, the thing is like, you understood what she said, right? Like it came across, but your hesitation is going to be to not even open up your mouth because you're afraid you're not saying the right words. (laughs) So just go ahead, jump in, dive in, like the best way that you can explain it. And in the beginning, it probably will be more than one sentence and that's okay. Like don't get don't get stuck on like that. It has to be one sentence only Mm -hmm. that will come in time. The more you talk about what you do, the easier, the clearer it's going to get right. Like in the beginning, I, I did, I don't think I explained very well, but I just got the practice. And the more I practiced, the clearer and clearer and clearer my message got. So if, if clear is like being a trigger word for you, just create, just create like a sentence or two and just yes. dive in and go back to that pet sitting. Like I help families go on vacation by taking care of their pets. Yes. Yes. Right. It yeah. doesn't have to be complicated. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I take, I take care of family's pets so that they can go on vacation. So that's the results. That's like what the result they can go on a, they can go on a stress-free vacation knowing that their beloved friends are taken care of. Yeah. So yeah, you can bring in talking to that result. I think is really, is really important because that's the desire that's creating the desire in that, that person to, to actually get what they want, that you're helping them get get what they're desiring so yeah work on that one liner and put some work into it as Francesca said do some journaling around it then you can come up with something that you can really use that you can say when you're on the spot like I was (laughs) and like you know what I'm going to try another one I'm going to say putting together a sales page can feel daunting what with the tech and the copywriting so in sales page sprints you get a card template in which you just plug and play and oh it's card templates and copywriting prompts so that you can plug and play your copywriting and walk away with a professional high converting sales page that earns you money there you go <laughs> that's a big yes, one. <laughs> I love it yeah i think i think the the real thing is like you want to be talking about what's the problem Mm-hmm. What's the solution? The results you're going to get, and what are the next steps for them to work with you? Mm-hmm. Like that's it. That if you need some sort of template, that's all you need. And like I said, the more you talk, the easier and clearer you'll get. Yeah, you're you're a great example of that, Francesca. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all things that Shelley has told me. So um, if you are still getting stuck and you're like, I can't do it in an hour, go hire a copywriter. <laughs> It'll change your life. <laughs> All right, cool. So, so I think that's handled sort of half of the, the perfect refined copy side of things. The other side of copywriting is that you don't have to do all the copywriting, all the boasting and the demonstration of results yourself get your clients to do that but you don't have clients yet okay so 
what I'm talking about here is testimonials is that you need testimonials. Cause what does a testimonial do? It shows that journey of transformation that you've taken people through. Okay. But you might say, I'm just starting my business. I'm right at the beginning here. So where do I get those testimonials from? And well, my answer is first of all, to look at just helping people. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in your package. It's just helping people on a Facebook group, helping a friend with something. So it could be like pro bono work. It could be service swap work. Anything that you do for a client, it could just be like a, you know, one hour session. You can use that as a testimonial to just demonstrate that you know what you are doing and people can see, oh, this person started in this place, but Francesca or Shelly took them from this place to the next place. You want to build up those stories of transformation and it doesn't necessarily only have to be with paid for clients in the beginning. Would you agree, Francesca? And where else can people- Oh, 100%. I mean, it can even be good practice to just do a couple of people for free. I know some coaches in my community who've like done 10 free clients for six weeks and just made sure they made a commitment up front. That's a great way to get testimonials and to get some good practice to build your confidence up. But another thing you can do is like people just love stories in general. So this could be someone else, you know, who's gotten transformation or for a lot of you listeners, you've gotten transformation in your life first. So you can be your own, you know, your own story, just share your stories of transformation it doesn't even have to be related to your business. I mean, it's great if it does, but it really, any transformational story, people are going to be attracted to. And what you're trying to do is just get people in your circle and get people excited about you. And when they get excited about you, whatever you talk about, as you refine your offer and you refine your messaging, they're going to be in for, because they're excited about you. Absolutely. Yeah. So go and get those testimonials. But as we say, they don't have to hold you back, you know, so you don't have to have done that client work first. And your own story is the first sort of testimonial that you can put up there. The power of story of of where you were before and where you were after. So get those stories as much as you can and make sure that when you finish working with your first clients, get their testimonials and ask them the questions, you know, where were you before? What was it like working with me? And then where are you now? We want, we don't just want this like, oh, Shelly's a really lovely person. That's nice as it is. Thank you very much. But we want (laughs) to know how I am solving the problem for you. So prompt your clients for that kind of a testimonial, ask them those questions so that you get, get the right kind of testimonial. That also will talk to this problem solution results. That's like a real fire indication of how you're going to deliver that result. Okay, so the next thing you don't need is a blog, a content creation calendar, a social media calendar. Okay, sure, this is a nice to have, but believe me and believe Francesca, can keep you stuck at first and cause you to become distracted. And you're thinking, oh, I'm not on brand. I'm not on message. So instead, what I'd say is set up those customer conversations, those coffee chats. And then when you're doing those coffee chats is set up a copy bank and start writing down the words that those people are saying, not the words from your industry, the words that those 
customers are saying, those ideal customers, and keep that going. That's going to be really great for your copywriting, but that's also going to be great for coming up with social media posts and that kind of thing. And you can literally just go, oh, somebody asked me this question and you can post on your favorite social media platform. We'll talk about that in, in the next one because we're going to let you have at least one social media platform, <laughs> but you don't have to have it. Or you can post a blog post about that when the urge strikes you. So initially, I would say you don't need to commit to like weekly blog posts or anything like that. Some people find it helpful. And if that's going to be what drives you forward, go for it. But I think for many of us, it more likely gets us stuck. It more likely gets us into this comparisonitis trap. Don't you think, Francesca? Yeah, definitely. And I would say that content doesn't always drive the results that you want. So you want more business. And in the beginning, it might not directly get you there. What's going to get you there the fastest is building relationships. Mm -hmm. So, and you don't need content to build relationships. Yeah. Yeah, It certainly eventually helps, but you don't need that in the beginning. That's, that's the real slow game. That's the long game. And initially we're looking for clients in the door here. So let's, let's talk about social media because we've said you don't need to be on any social media and you don't need to start a Facebook group or anything like that when you're just getting started. And I know this feels pretty extreme, but really I felt that we needed to, to say it because so many people feel the pressure to not just be on one social media channel, but to be on like all the social media when they start in their own business, you know, suddenly they're setting up LinkedIn profiles and Facebook pages and Instagram and, you know, all the things, you know, it's exhausting doing that. It's very distracting checking on all these social media platforms. And I've just found it also starts causing imposter syndrome because you just like you, you've been bombarded with messaging as well. You're not just posting your messaging on you, you've been bombarded with messaging as well. And I think that does start causing a bit of imposter syndrome and comparisonitis and just feeling like, oh, I'm not keeping up. And really that's not important. What is important though, is before you start creating all this content and getting onto social is to, as Francesca says, form relationships. And you know what? You've got those already. You've got friends, family members, old business colleagues, acquaintances, your next door neighbor. You've got people in your network already. And I think what happens with many business owners is they they go, oh yes, now we need to you know start advertising and be on social media and start Facebook groups. And that actually, there's like a hidden gem that's all of that distracts them from, and that's their existing network, their existing relationships. Yeah. As far as existing relationships, sometimes you can feel like, oh, well, my friends don't want to buy from me. Well, it doesn't even matter. You're, you're just sharing what you're excited about. That is the only thing you're doing. You're sharing what you're excited about. And you have no idea. Maybe they know someone who just came to them and said, I have this problem and I need this solution. Yep. And they can connect to you, right? Mm -hmm. And spoiler alert, like my first clients were my friends. I remember being so shocked when they said yes to me. (laughs) they, They wanted the solution I had to offer. And your friends and your family, they want to support you. So again, like they may decide that they don't want to buy from you and that's totally okay. That's not the point. You're just getting your messaging out there and they're going to help you 
to connect to the people who do need your solution and are willing and ready to buy from you. Yeah. Oh, it seems so easy. It does seem so simple when you put it that way. <laughs> and I think what I love and why I'm focusing on the like a sales page solution for my audience of people, the simple sales page, is that instead of, you know, just going, oh, well, just send me an email or like, you know, this friend tells you know, like, so you tell your friend that, oh, you know, you know, this amazing copywriter. So what is nice is if you can say, oh, go and visit her, her website. And this is just the simple web page, which has got my details and basically what I do. And so that simple website is really great for that purpose because then it helps you with the networking, but nobody's going to find that website unless you get out there and tell your friends about it. And like, you know, I've, I've started a new business. This is what I do. You sprout out your one-liner and you're like, oh, if you want to know more, there's my website. Boom. Easy. Simple as that. It's very clear. There's a clear call to action. And then it's like also very clear of who they can refer to you. It makes it quite easy for them to refer people to them because you've been clear on who you kind of serve in and what problem you're serving. So I think all of these pieces fits together in this beautiful, simple little puzzle. Uh, what I hear from you, Shelly, is when you have a sales page like that, well, first of all, it keeps you from ch- chickening out because it's so easy when you're in person and you're, you're about to make that offer and then you freak out, right? So mm-hmm. like, then you know, okay, I have one place where it's really laid out and it's really clear and it keeps mm-hmm. you from chickening out. It also helps you to duplicate yourself So I think when you just tell someone like, oh, send me an email or, oh, let's like contact each other and check in with each other. It's so easy for people to forget. Right. And it's also may start feeling complicated to you, but like having that one sales page, it's going to be really easy to have that. Everybody is getting the same treatment, right? They're getting the same offer. It's really simple. Yes. And then it does also qualify, especially then if you're doing discovery calls from there, it also just qualifies the people that then will come through to you so that they already then know what you're about. Because I think that's also the thing with referrals and dealing with friends and that kind of thing. They might not necessarily be in your industry and then they might refer just the wrong kinds of people to you, the people that aren't necessarily going to be in your audience. So if they can go via this sales page, it kind of qualifies those customers that are coming to you if they book in a call or if you know they're taking the time to fill out an application of sorts as you said duplicates you it starts being part of your sales team for you so yeah so i think all of this works really well and as i say it's just like a nice simple little 12 piece puzzle (laughs) yeah and i have one more thought on social media and that is if you are going to choose a social media platform Choose just one. And somewhere where I really got stuck was you hear this question a lot of like, well, where do your ideal clients hang out? And I was like, I have no idea. And I really got stuck there. And so then I felt like I had to talk on all of the platforms or even worse, I just wouldn't talk at all. Uh And so just pick the social media platform that feels most good to you. You may be your ideal client, honestly, like if you've had that story of transformation, you're giving it to other people. So just pick a social media platform that works for you. That's all you need. Like Uh just get started on that. Don't stay in the drama any longer. (laughs) So true. Yeah. So we're saying like, we said initially like no social media, like you don't have to have any social media, but to be on one social media platform is 
probably a nice idea. And yeah, pick the one that you probably are already on anyway in your personal capacity and just up-level it from there. Don't feel the need to go onto all the social media channels. You're going to exhaust yourself. <laughs> now, the professional photo shoot. Now, I think as uh, independent entrepreneurs, we look at uh, some of the other coaches and these sort of personal brands and They've got such beautiful professional branding photo shoots, but I think many of them will tell you that they only did that like once they were way into their business and making significant amounts of money. So you don't need a professional branding photo shoot when you're just starting out. Instead, I think just some cell phone photos are probably absolutely fine. I mean, my iPhone, my iPhone takes beautiful photos and it's got the portrait mode setting. You can blur the background. So you can put on some makeup, Put on your best outfit and then go and get a friend or your partner to come and take some photos of you just on your phone because it is important to have pictures of yourself, right? When you're running a, a service business, would you agree? Yeah, I do think. Or or of your product, mm. you know, if it's a not as much as a service, but it's product-based like, and probably one professional picture of yourself. Yes. And professional, we need just nice makeup and a nice shirt. And if it's a full shot, nice pair of pants or a dress. Yes. You know, we're not talking about like, this has to be the red carpet or anything. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. I mean, that and that and that will totally come. And I think also like what I've done, we had a family photo shoot. And then I got the photographer to take just a single portrait of me that I've used as my headshot. And since then, also like I got headshots as part of a mastermind that I was part of so you can make do you can totally make do before you do the full-on personal branding photo shoot which is sounds super fun oh actually it doesn't sound fun to me I feel totally daunted by the by the thoughts of being in front of the camera all day actually so scratch that <laughs> but I think I would love especially as a website designer I would love to have a whole suite of different orientations of photographs and you know like me doing different things you know at my computer walking around in my garden and different so I mean it's definitely a goal that I have for my myself one day it's certainly not what you need on day one or even day 100 yeah just one picture of you that looks nice that's not with your family just you <laughs> <laughs> yes yes okay and then as for facebook ads you know eventually they can return nicely but in the beginning of your business you're experimenting with this offer you're doing a lot more one-on-one -on -one type marketing wait for facebook ads save your money and rather spend it on the more insight victories that you're going to get the easier victories to get you know you can get someone through a facebook ad but there's probably a lot of nurturing that you need to do before they can become a full premium offer client so work your existing network first is what we're saying and then once you're really clear on what is something that the, the masses you know the and the masses in your niche are needing, then you can start putting ads out for a particular webinar or a freebie or something like that, that you know will get sort of this widespread coverage. But you're not gonna know that in the, in the beginning. I certainly didn't know it for, for my business. Eventually, also I'd like to, to run Facebook ads, but in the meantime, I would recommend just experimenting and and saving up that money for something when you you're going to be quite strategic about your use of Facebook ads. I'm sure you'd agree, Francesca. Oh, definitely. It's, it's not necessary to build your business in the beginning. From what I've heard, Facebook ads can be really complicated. And so, you know, we're going for simple here. 
And so just give yourself permission to not worry about it right now. And I mentioned an opt-in there of sending them to a particular lead magnet or opt-in freebie. What do we think about about opt-in freebies to start as you start in your business? Yeah, again, it's not necessary. I didn't get my first clients with my freebie. It's a nice to have, but if you have an idea, I say just go for it and you want to put it out in the world, awesome. But otherwise just continue to, to talk to people. And as you talk to people, you'll be listening and you'll start hearing the problems that they're having and the solutions that you can offer in their words. And then you'll know what you want to create. Yes. What I've suggested to many of my clients is to just use their email newsletter as the opt-in freebie. So it's like, you know, join my email newsletter for tips on copywriting your sales page, for example. So whatever it is that you're offering and whatever it is that you're going to be talking about, just make that the freebie for now until you are ready. Because I have spent, again, days and, I mean, months, years, I don't know, on freebies. I've got so many freebies, which I think (laughs) I'm going to turn into paid for products because, as you know, Francesca, it's impossible for me to do a freebie. How how long was your first one? Like... 60 some pages four pages yes <laughs> the whole ebook uh, like and I, <laughs> like, I've, I've gradually gotten my freebie down to five pages but I just think yeah it's not a actually good return on time investment at this point in my business or you know when, when I'm just starting a new venture or a new part of my business I'd rather get those people into your newsletter just itself and then you can actually look at a really good opt-in freebie because I think that's maybe the problem for me is that opt-in freebies I can bury myself in those for months and and then that's all I'm working on and then I'm not actually getting out there and and talking to the clients like you said you know if you if you kind of have done your outreach you've got your one page sales page out there then you can start looking at things like like opt-in freebies to start building your list but until then it, it can just be a little bit of a distraction so so just to say if you need to be released from doing an opt-in freebie, you can always just, you can still build your email list and your co- list of contacts by offering your newsletter as, as or, or, you know, your regular emails as your opt-in freebie itself. Okay, now life coach and business coach, Francesca, what about a CEO mindset? We hear this from a lot of the sort of business coaches out there of, you know, that you need a CEO mindset. You need to run your business like a CEO. I mean, this is not wrong, is it? But it's also not necessary. I love the CEO mindset, but I think it can really intimidate some people. And I think what they're really saying is that you need to become the person who can make decisions for your business and make Mm -hmm. them hopefully rather quickly and confidently. But, you know, this is a journey. And when you're first starting out, you don't need to intimidate yourself by like, oh, I don't have a CEO mindset, so I'm not ready to start a business. No, if you have an idea and you're passionate about it and you're ready to serve people, then you're ready right now. Yeah. Um, and that might feel scary, but just do it before you're ready and you'll thank yourself later. But really what you need is that playful experimental mindset. So just the willingness to jump in, to start, to try something new, and then to come back and reflect on what went well, what didn't go well, and what could you do differently. 
that makes it so much simpler. And we will be talking on the next episode a little bit more about the mindsets you don't need when starting a business. I'm so excited for that because when we were planning this this episode, we started getting all into mindsets and all into that side of business as well. When we were looking at all these kind of tech things that you don't need, we also started to get into the mindset side and we were like, wait a minute, this deserves its whole own episode. So that's why in the next episode, we're going to be diving into the mindset piece and really relying on Francesca's experience and expertise as a life coach and doing mindset work and thought work and really getting your head in the game for launching this business because it is hard. It, it really is hard. But when you can get your thoughts on your side and you can get your beliefs on your side, like suddenly things start flowing a hang of a lot easier. Um, And I can attest to this being one of Francesca's life coaching clients. So (laughs) I'm so excited for you to share all of the the mindsets that you don't need and and then, then the ones that you do need as you are starting this business journey or looking to launch a new offer. So there we go, everyone. Those are the things that you don't need when you're starting a business. And just to summarize for you of all the things that you do need, we've come up with a triad of, of things that you... Would you like to summarize it, Francesca? Because you came up with it. It's one person, one liner, one offer. That is all you need to start your business. If you have been thinking about starting a business, maybe COVID has opened up that possibility for you, or you're just in the beginning stages, or you just want to simplify the business that you already have. This is really a good restart. Mm. All you need is one person, one liner, and one offer. Shelly, would you like to go into a little bit more details? We did hash this out a little bit more and talk about some of the things that we find are really helpful, but I think we wanted to make it as simple as possible so that people, when they're starting to feel like, oh, I need a website or I need a business card or, oh, I need my niche, that they can go back (laughs) and remember. Three ones. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> three things all starting with one yes that's that's all you need and so essentially you're going to start off with the, the one person you're going to talk to one person you're going to get the idea of like what is what is the problem they're facing you're going to just have those conversations and they don't have to be sales conversations they're just conversations with real people so from that you can then start crafting your one liner and your one liner you'll remember is the problem you're solving the solution that you offer and the results you can deliver to the clients at the end of it. And you'll get that from your, your one person. And then that, that one liner goes onto your like one page sales page together with the, the call to action, which is towards your one offer. So that one call to action is going to call them towards this one offer that they can engage your services and that you can actually get them on board. So with that one offer, you of course need to have an idea of your pricing, the kind of support that you're going to offer almost as your baseline offer. And then from there, you can start customizing to the one person that comes through your door that you actually have on a sales call and who's actually interested in your services. And they might just be interested in the exact package that you've got, or they need a bit of customization. You deal with that on an individual basis at this stage in business. 
And then once you've got that cycle going, you then, that one person that you've helped and that you've served then provides that story of transformation and that then feeds back in to your one-liner. You can then refine that one-liner. You can refine your sales page. You can then refine your offer. And it's like a cyclical process. You can actually move forward. And I think that's the very important piece of this process as well is to pick a path, set a launch date and go for it. You don't need to complicate the scenario with all these other things that we've told you about. So I hope you've got a clear picture of what you don't need to do. And that this, the, the one person, the one liner and the one offer That's all you need to be focusing on on as you start your business or as you launch a new offer. Fueling all of that is passion. You've got to be having fun and you've got to be passionate about what it is that you're doing. If you're not having fun, go and pick another thing because that's also the beauty of the simple process is if you're not enjoying it, if it's not getting you anywhere, you can quickly change and try something new because you haven't now invested in a whole website and a, uh, you know, a professional copywriter and website designer and had a, um, a photo shoot in the theme of whatever it is you're offering. And now you suddenly realize this is actually not what you want to do. So this gives you freedom to go, let's experiment. Let's try it out. There we go. That's, that's what you do need in starting a new business. And I really hope that this, inspires you towards action because that's the only way we get results is by taking imperfect action all the way along the way and you 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 then arrive you it's a journey isn't it it's a journey of of you growing and you up leveling as you as you take one step after the after the next well said well said yeah just come up with an idea make a commitment, make a decision, get that launch date. And when we're talking about launches, we're not talking about anything complicated. It's really about, I'm starting a business. I'm going to go talk to people. That's it. That's your launch. (laughs) (laughs) Just pick something. You can always change it. That's the beauty of keeping it simple. I've had such fun chatting with you about this, Francesca. Honestly, like you can see why we needed another episode for, for the mindset piece. And we're really looking forward to chatting with everyone about that. So as we close the episode, just to encourage everyone to go and follow us on Instagram at Simply Biz Besties. And you can also go and chat about what we've discussed in this podcast episode in our community. And that is at community.simplybizbesties.com. Wonderful. It was great spending time with you, Shelly, and with all of our listeners. And remember, if you're starting a business, all you need is one person, one liner, and one offer. Until next time. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope what we've shared has made you feel supported by a whole Biz Bestie circle. And that you feel like life as a business owner can be a whole lot simpler with the perspective of a Biz Bestie. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also love it if you'd share the Simply Biz Besties show with your Biz Besties by sending them a link through your podcast player or sending them to simplybizbesties.com. And we'll do a happy dance if you'd leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us to reach more Biz Besties around the world. And just to remind you, the conversation has just begun. So head on over to community 
www.simplybizbesties.com. And let us know your thoughts, aha moments, or questions about what we talked about in the show. For show notes, go to simplybizbesties.com. Sending you a sparkling heart emoji and a virtual high five. See you next time. And here's a hug gift from me. Signing off, Simply Your Biz Besties.